It's episode three of Three Sports Rankers. This week, I am hosting, I am Callum, and as usual, Rob and Sam will be battling it out for six points as we try and build the best podium of individual sports people. Last week, we did Premier League frontmen, and uh, Thierry Henry, as Arsenal generally do, finished outside the top three in fourth <laughs> place, um, which means that the current standings in the series our Sam, after competing in only one episode, is on six points out in front, and me and Rob joint second on five points. You'd expect Rob to uh, stretch his lead out over me a little bit. Yeah, a strong week, Sam. For I, a, I think for it's a, my, my flawless, flawless uh, football expertise. I was really. going to say, as a you know, admittedly not the greatest uh, football fan, yeah, you had a you had a good week. Well, in line with my approvals anyway. Although that was a tough. That was a tough choice. Thierry Henry just isn't a front man. It's as simple as that. <laughs> you got lucky. Anyway, this week, individual sports people. So I'm not accepting anyone who's played in a team. Um, but, you know, if you if you come out with a tennis player, I'll have to discount anything that they've done in the Davis Cup. Uh, ditto with golfers. Anything they've done in the Ryder Cup will be discounted and so on and so forth. Um, so I'm looking for your bronzes, your silvers and your golds. I will be the judge, jury and executioner. Uh, my decision is final, um, and after last week's performance, both of you have got a little bit of a... Uh, Making up to do? Yeah, I've got a bit of a grudge to hold against <laughs> both of you. So uh, I'll throw it over to Rob first. Uh, who is your bronze medalist? So individual sports people, I feel like this is probably a category which, of all of them, would allow us to branch out in terms of icons uh, through sporting culture, really. Uh, my bronze medal goes to Billie Jean King. Nice. So 39 Grand Slams, but granted we're only taking singles, so essentially just off half of Serena Williams, but I'll get to that. This is exactly half of Margaret Court, who competed in the same era as Billie Jean King, but I'll I'll, I'll sit back. Billie Jean King gets this for me, because beyond her tennis accomplishments, it's what she did outside that. And I suppose her battles for equality in gender and sexual orientation as well, kind of supersedes her position as a tennis player but also you can't obviously ignore the fact that she set up the WTA the women's tour and the bravery and the risk involved in that to carry on her shoulders lead others in joining and essentially splinter off from what was the tennis order of the time and then I think what really brought it home for me recently was watching the the recent Emma Stone film about the battle of the sexes. And after all that, again, in kind of peak misogynistic America, to beat Bobby Riggs in that event and cement that legacy, it could have all come undone there and then for Billie Jean King. And the numbers, I think, are just staggering. So it was at the Houston Astrodome, that that exhibition game, 60,000 people in what is it? Is it a baseball? It used, Grand Beyond the world? Yeah, it used to be. It's been demolished now. In 90 million people watching on TV around the world. And, you know, what she's done for, you know, women, women's tennis, and, you know, also the LGBT community and stuff since, you know, you could, you've made the point for Margaret Court, and obviously Serena Williams comes into this, but I see Serena Williams as she doesn't go outside the sport for me. She is purely the tennis player 
she is in the sport for herself, in my opinion. And I think in terms of her behaviour and sometimes what comes across as a lot of self-entitlement, I think Billie Jean King is someone who's always so selfless in what she did. She was always fighting for other people. And that is why, for me, I've got Billie Jean King in, in bronze medals. But I feel like I've spoken for a long time. No, I mean, she she's not in my top three, but it's hard. It, you can't argue against anything you've just said. She She's not the greatest female tennis player of all time that in terms of her actual ability on the court everything she did off the court not only is she arguably the most all-round influential person in tennis uh but she might be the most all-round influential female in sports history in terms of tennis you know it's far from perfect but it leads the way in gender equality and she was at the forefront of that. She was solely responsible for that when she splintered off and, and started the WTA. And that is, yeah, she is right up there as one of the most influential sports people of all time. I, I think as say. well, at a time where, and when you think back to, like I said, kind of 1950s, 60s America, it was nowhere near, you know, equality was so far off at that point. And the strides that she made, I don't think can be underestimated like I said it just goes it goes outside it supersedes the sport she couldn't miss out in my opinion I mean that's that's all well and good for everything she did off the court but um, Sam your your argument for your bronze medalist well mine is very much someone whose achievements were all as part of their career there wasn't a lot outside of it but the greatest Olympian of all time you could argue he certainly holds the most gold medals Michael Phelps uh, I will as you said at the start Callum it is uh individuals so he won 13 individual golds he won 23 gold medals in total including with the relay races he is he just is unbelievable to to go to an olympics 2008 beijing and come away with eight gold medals now i know the olympics is sometimes tough because some athletes can only go and earn one gold he can go and earn eight but the fact that he did it in all of those individual categories is sensational to go to london 2012 win golds retire and then go actually you know what i want some more in terms of out and out achievements he is just in terms of and and, you know he doesn't have the cv that billy jean king does outside of the pool he doesn't have that at all but in terms of his actual achievements as an individual sports person in his sport he is one of the best of all time well, I mean, convincing arguments from, from both of you, and I'll, I'll wait till the end, I'll let that mull over in my mind, obviously. Not the biggest fan of swimming, but you also both know I'm not the biggest fan of tennis either, so I, it's, <laughs> that's going to be a purely, uh, a purely impartial decision, that one, uh, for the bronze medal. But Sam, uh, you can kick us off for silver medals. Who's, who's in second place? Well, my uh, silver medalist has already taken a little bit of a beating on this uh, episode, Serena Williams is my okay silver. this could be fun this could be very interesting indeed i'm just going to sit back and let you two <laughs> duke this one out so i see your 12 uh, singles grand slam titles i raise you 23 for serena williams okay. a player the only player to have won 10 grand slams in two different decades what year did do you think well, do you know what year she won her first grand slam 1999 20 years ago she's still competing at the top of her sport a sport that is you know, as you well know, Rob, we play a little bit of tennis. Incredibly physically demanding. She has had the longest span between a first and most recent Grand Slam at all four slams, at least 12 years between her first 
Aussie Open, French Open, Wimbledon, US Open, and her most recent, which is just unbelievable, to have dominated a sport for that long. And the thing, the reason why I believe she's not only, well, she's the best tennis player of all time, male or female, is because you look at the debates of Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, incredible, incredible players. They've had each other to, to keep each other on their toes. They've had these rivalries to, to keep one-upping each other. Serena Williams has gone through her entire career having to self-motivate herself because she's never had these intense rivalries. I would say that reduces her pulling power as being a great sports person because she's had, she hasn't had anyone great to compete with. She's, she's had great players in flashes. Play so Venus in the early noughties was a bit of in a rivalry. Flashes, Clysters, uh, Justine Ennen, I, all I, great players. But what I would argue is, my example for my point is going to be Novak Djokovic. So you look at Djokovic, he wanted, all he wanted was to win every slam. He won that French Open. And what happened? Mentally, he'd lost all his motivation. He'd lost that will to play. And he disappeared for two, three years. He's back now. He's competing now. But he had to go away for two, three years and really refine that motivation. Serena has kept that motivation herself. Her mental strength is unbelievable. To then go away, have a pregnancy, have a really rough pregnancy that nearly cost her her life. To then come back and I know she hasn't won another Grand Slam, but to reach another two Grand Slam finals in an era where women's tennis is really quite strong at the moment, I just think I think she's the greatest tennis player of all time and the second best individual sports person of all time. You can't argue that she is, you know, one of the greatest tennis players of all time, the greatest single female tennis player of all time. But I think it's her attitude and the way she presents herself that I have an issue with. I don't think she's a good role model. I know what she's done, especially lately for women and in terms of her coming back from giving birth, and you've mentioned it, how complicated a process that was for her. But for me, it's her, like I said, it's her self-entitlement. She's had a child, she's come back to play on tour. That's amazing, but she's not the first. She won't be the last. You know, a bad line call is not an insult on your child. An umpire getting something wrong is not insulting because it is your court. These are the issues I have with Serena Williams. And I think it says something that, and I'd probably maybe go as far to say the same as Michael Phelps. I'm not trying to shoot you down two in one. But <laughs> but you're going to. <laughs> American sports fans love their icons. They love their sports heroes. You know, when, when we look at anything through the through the... American sports that you know, I'm sure we'll come to in later episodes, you know, like Tom Brady in American football, LeBron, Michael Jordan, if you go through basketball, etc. The American public has never embraced Serena Williams in that way. And you've got to ask yourself why. Well, it's all well and good shooting down Sam's second choice silver medalist Serena Williams as the second best individual sports person of all time, but... Rob, why don't you uh, give Sam a chance to shoot yours down? Who have you got in second place? Uh, good luck. Uh, it's Muhammad Ali in second place for me. Oh, go on. Oh, please, <laughs> please have a go at this. So in a boxing sense, obviously one of the greatest gold medalists, heavyweight champion of the world. It's a given. But then it comes into, you know, I think this is obviously becoming a theme in my arguments. It's, it's what he did outside that, his charisma. You compare that, well, I think you know, even if we just look in the microcosm of boxing, Vladimir Klitschko it goes a long way to show how much cementing a legacy in boxing is a lot down to what you say as well as what you do. Similarly, it's what he stood for. You know, he stood for religious acceptance. He converted to Islam. And we've already talked about what, you know, America was like in the 1960s. Not 
going to be receptive to that. Very, very brave. Refusing to go to Vietnam in 66, losing his belts, losing years of his peak of his career through that decision. You don't get more of a role model than that. And what that led to in terms of Ali transcending the sport and becoming an icon, a beacon for not only kind of counterculture in general, but the anti-war movement, the civil rights movement. He was everything an individual sports person could be, should be, thrown into that two Grammy nominations. Uh, he was an author and an actor as well uh, across <laughs> his lifetime. A magnificent, magnificent man. And uh, I would say that he would trump Serena Williams into the silver medal place. Well, I would agree with you because I've got him as my gold. I think it's a joke that you have him as your second best because he is the greatest individual sports person of all time for all the reasons you just said. I mean, the fact that someone can lose... I mean, I had six years written down. To lose that amount of time at the peak years of your career and still be globally recognised as one of, or I would argue, the greatest individual sports person of all time... It's just, just unbelievable. I mean, name any other sportsman in that conversation who has lost five or six years of their... The five or six best years of their life. Can we name anyone who's lost two, three, who's in that conversation? Arguably Tiger Woods. Arguably Tiger Woods, yeah. Okay. But, well, yeah. I feel like Rob's got a very tight moral grip on this episode. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's a bit... Sanctimonious. I don't mean for that to be the case, but I think when I look at sports people, if I don't warm to them and I don't want them to win or succeed, that's a really big factor for me. And when I watch sport, I want to root for somebody. I think, yeah, that's a fair point. I think if you, and I understand your point about Serena Williams, she's never been the most, she's never been globally popular in the same way that, And I don't want to come across here as, you know, I hate Serena Williams. I think, you know, she doesn't deserve any credit. It's completely the opposite to that. All I'm trying to say is, you know, for someone who is quite clearly, and, you know, I will completely stand here and say she is the best female tennis player that has ever lived. And you make a great case for her to be the best tennis player that has ever lived. I think, unfortunately, and this is just a complete personal opinion, when certain aspects of how you behave go against you that has a bit of a grind for me and I can't I I find someone like Billie Jean King for example I would put her so much higher literally I have on a pedestal than (laughs) than Serena Williams and I'm really I really don't want anyone listening to this to, to take away the fact that I don't think Serena Williams deserves credit for what she does she absolutely does but I think when you look at this topic I just the, the first thing I thought straight away was greatest individual sports people and for me it was just people who transcend their sport it's interesting isn't it because last week I sort of defined a front man slightly differently to the way uh, Callum did and, and this the first, week the first episode I defined a moment differently to how Rob defined yeah, a moment and this week we're having the same thing again where we're looking at individual the best ever individual sports person and you're looking at it very much from a from an all-round point of view, how they have portrayed themselves, maybe not just from their sport, but transcended that sport and, and become more in society and in history. And I've maybe stripped that back a little bit and just gone, well, here are the play- here are the, yeah. the people who just dominated their sport. Well, that being said, you know, what I would say is coming on to my gold choice, it's actually 
more in line with how you've identified things because I've actually those two that I put in bronze and silver in a way for me were interchangeable but I had to then be quite objective when I looked at who I thought was the greatest individual sports person of all time so my gold choice is Roger Federer oh okay okay because in my opinion he just is and okay he might not have had that cultural impact of the other choices of mine but in terms of as I said dominating a sport 20 grand slams world number one for 237 weeks in a row that's four and a half years in an era where he was being you know competing with at the top other huge names huge big players at the time something that Serena Williams didn't have he spanned eras you know this is what I'm talking about he was at the end of the Agassi Sampras came through the Nadal rivalry Djokovic came along then it was the big four with Murray and he's still there at the top and now this young era and he's still playing at 37 years old so he is not the most powerful he's not the strongest he's not the fastest you know even if it's as simple as when he takes his shirt off between games he does not look like a sports person but he is the ultimate in his sport and when it comes to tennis when you watch him his technique is just flawless you know watched him live it's just absolutely effortless and he strikes me as a damn nice guy as well and anyone who can pull off a woolen tank top like that deserves to be at top of my all-time sports person list even though as i said earlier I have kind of got a little bit of motive on this one. I'm just looking at your tank, your jumper now. My tank if, top. If you if you if you lop the sleeves off of that, you'd be giving it the right good. You could Roger wear the, You could wear this at Wimbledon. I'm fairly sure, off the top of my head, that he has a losing head-to-head record against Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic, arguably his two greatest rivals. Is there a case that he's not even the best male player in his era? Are you actually saying this? I'm, I'm 100% saying. I, I genuinely believe that by the end of the retrospective careers, at work. Novak Djokovic will be a better all-round player. Because you think Novak Djokovic will play until he's 37? Reason, I think he could, yeah. I think he really could. No way. The reason Federer his, has... His body will break down. The reason Federer has this sort of... Cla- I, obviously, he's a phenomenal tennis player, one of the best of all time. But he has this cloud over him where he's almost untouchable because of the style of his play. It's so elegant. It's so graceful. He glides. He makes tennis look easier than any player has ever made tennis look. Djokovic, on the other hand, is always wanted to be liked. He's struggled to get fans on side. His style is very attritional. It's not the most elegant, free-flowing to watch. He broke through and pushed Federer and Nadal out of the way when they were both playing at their peak. I love Federer. His, his elegance and gracefulness is unrivaled in tennis, but he's not even the best tennis player on either of our lists. Oof. That's a big call. Almost the reasons that you've given are the reasons of which I think he should be held in higher regard than those players because he is doing what he's doing without the tools that they have. So the, the physicality, the strength, you know, in terms of what their bodies can do and what they can put them through. And that's the, and I'm sure you'd agree with me, tennis moved into an era where power became the all important factor for a period. Yeah, absolutely. Absolute yeah. kind of baseline slugfest players. But Federer has maintained his longevity with what he has, which is none of that. It's just pure unbridled technique. And that's why he's there. You know, we're both arguing over tennis players. 
Callum's falling asleep. I've glazed over long ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we should, you know, maybe we should start to, to should, talk should about we, we're, we're, then, we're because... very We're very invested in, in tennis. We've obviously got our favourites. We both like it. I'm just intrigued, as someone who is very on the outside with tennis, where do you kind of sit on this discussion? I have to admit that I'm not a massive Federer fan, even when it comes to like just watching tennis like he's he's great to watch but where you said he comes across as a great guy I think he comes up across as a bit of a pompous ass. I don't particularly like his personality on or off the court and I feel like Rob's given us two tennis players in his top three and I feel like if you're gonna you really thought that was gonna be the other way around didn't you well I, I thought you'd go all three if I'm honest <laughs> um, but the I, I feel like if you're gonna have a best individual sports person you you can kind of have one person representing a sport in a top three very interesting I mean I've I've been able to sit here and listen to all of your arguments I didn't I didn't put together a short list for this episode for exactly that reason because I just wanted to sit back and listen to the arguments that both of you put forward for your top threes and I think the one thing that I would say about this particular episode is that Rob's emotive side of this of this episode has really come through but to quote Rafa Benitez we're talking about facts I think to be considered the best individual sports person you have to be the best in your individual sport and I think for that reason I'm going to start totting up the scores but I'll I'll start with uh, bronze and it, it has to be Michael Phelps he's the most He's the, You're going to have a good week here, Sam, I think. I he's, feel like this is, this is looking up for me right now. He's the most decorated Olympian of all time. Eight gold medals in Beijing. He took a sabbatical and uh, was actually encouraged to come make his comeback by Ray Lewis, um, someone who is a hero of mine, a former Baltimore Ravens linebacker, because um, Phelps is a big Ravens fan. And Ray Lewis said to him, you know, you will only have this one opportunity. Um, you need to grab it with both hands. And Phelps came back and then won, you know, so many more medals at, at Rio. So um, I'm going to give Sam that one point for the bronze. Um, but then it comes down to, do I omit Muhammad Ali, give Rob three points for Roger Federer and Sam two points for... Serena Williams, or do I omit one of the tennis players and have Muhammad Ali in either first or second? Would your would your preference be to omit both tennis players and have <laughs> Muhammad Ali in gold and silver? If I could, I would. But um, <laughs> I think purely on a numbers basis and the fact that you know Muhammad Ali did so much outside of his sport and lost a lot of his prime to you know, fighting his cause and what have you. Um, I am obviously going to have Muhammad Ali in there. I'm not having Serena Williams in second, Roger Federer in first. It's just a question of which one of those two I keep. And I think the most convincing argument is to be made by the fact that the golden era of men's tennis has been over the past 20 years. And despite the fact that I don't like him as a person or a player, I think... I really didn't think you'd go this way. I didn't either. I, I didn't that... until about 20 seconds ago. <laughs> um, but I, I just think, you know, like you said, Rob, he came, he came through at the end of the Agassi-Sampras era. He's done 
the Federer Nadal situation. Then Djokovic joined in. Then Murray decided he was going to get in on the game. Big four. They slugged it out for years. Um, you know now Murray's dropped off a little bit, and the the other two to an extent a little bit as well. But you know he's still there at the age of thirty seven, and I. Sam knows this full well. I'm not a big fan of tennis, but Roger Federer's one-handed backhand is a, a thing of genuine, genuine sport. It's beauty. up there with the woolen tank top. <laughs> I'd put it slightly ahead of the woolen tank top. Not the best one-handed backhand in tennis, um, but that's a debate for another day. Well, I mean, I hope I get to judge that one because I'm not <laughs> going to be able to bring three one-handed backhands <laughs> to the table. Um, but I'm going to give two points for silver to Rob for Muhammad Ali and three points for gold also to Rob for Roger Federer uh, which means that at the end of that episode Rob has picked up five points to Sam's one uh, so Rob now leads the way on ten Sam in second on seven and I'm uh, floundering a little <laughs> bit on five uh, but I am, I do get to have my say next week when uh, Sam's presenting the next topic so have you got a category in mind for I've us? I've got a category in mind. I don't know if you're going to like this one or not. Is it best tennis players? Because I'm <laughs> going to really struggle. It's best one-handed backhand. No, it's not, it's not, it's not. We will do that at some point in the future. No, next week is going to be best annual sporting events. Oh, oh, that's such a good one. That is ridiculously good. That's gone down well. Should be a good episode then. That's really interesting. That, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough, but that's going to be a good one to hash it out. I'm kind of... I'm thinking kinda we wish, might get three very different. I kind of wish lists. I was able to sit and host that one because it's going to be very difficult I'm, to I'm, narrow I'm things I'm already, down. I'm already mulling things over in my head, but that's for. Wow, that yeah. was a good, a good slugfest though for episode three. I've it come was, out that was, with more points than I thought I would, but the, at, at the start of Callum's decision making, I, I thought I was going to have a clean sweep there. Yeah. I really did. I'm, I'm quite disappointed to only walk away with one. Yeah, I, I made my decision very late on as to as to which way I was going to go on that one. But, you know, that's the way that three sports rankers works. And uh, next week, Sam, you'll get to have your retribution on me uh, when we do our annual best annual sporting events. Uh, in the meantime, though, you can keep up with us on Twitter at three sports rankers and the same on Instagram. And we will be back next week when Sam will be the judge. But until then, goodbye. <laughs>